Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Good. It's good to see you all. I'm Vicki. For those of you who don't know me, I'm an assistant pastor here at VCDC, and I have the honor of sharing with you tonight on our prayer and reflection time. And I am very excited. um, I'm excited to have those who are online joining us as well, and I look forward to our future events. So just This week, we started our 40 days of prayer and fasting, uh, hoping to help you introduce rhythms in your life, rhythms like um, things to help us align our hearts and deepen our relationship with Jesus. And so we provided that 40 days booklet that hopefully you all have, and it's also available online. But it's to help us embrace daily rhythms like reading scripture or praying or fasting and also gathering together like we're doing tonight for different special events. So tonight, I wanna talk to you more about the topic of prayer. Now, just recently, during one of our weekend services, uh, Andrew took us through the Vineyard Five-Step Prayer Model. And during that uh, weekend sermon series, we got to do a lot of things. We got to uh, understand more about the model. We got to see it displayed to us and demonstrated, and then we got to practice it. So if you missed it, I encourage you to go online and listen to that message. It was extremely valuable, well communicated. So we looked at corporate prayer during that time. Corporate prayer, when we gather together and we pray together and we pray for each other. And that is extremely important for the church body as we come together in fellowship and we support each other and we encourage each other and we commune together. But tonight, I want to turn our attention to a different type of prayer. I want us to look at personal prayer, a time when we come to God privately. We are attempting to build friendship and relationship and intimacy with him. And it's the process of turning inward to meet with the one who indwells us. So let me pray, and then we'll continue on. So join me in prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence here, Lord. We need your presence. We hunger for it. I pray, God, that you would just illuminate yourself during this time. We want to see you. We want to hear from you. We want to just be with you. Just let everything that's distracting us and our minds are drifting to just fall off right now. Fall off in the name of Jesus. Just come and bless us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you know, we read in the Bible continually how Jesus himself spent time alone with God, and we see how he continually slips away. 
He slips away to spend time with his father. And Jesus' personal prayer time seemed to be very meaningful and important to him. And that's probably why he so often withdrew and he prayed in solitude. Now, we also see, other than Jesus' modeling prayer, that he taught his disciples to spend time with God in private. He instructs them in Matthew 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, the reality is, though we see Jesus' need for prayer displayed, and, and though we know he commands us to pray, we still struggle to pray ourselves, don't we? I think about all of the the things in our day, our work schedules, school schedules, cleaning, grocery shopping, preparing dinner, cleaning up after dinner, doctor's appointments, studying, the list goes on and on. So who possibly has time to pray? You know, Richard Foster says it well in his book called Prayer, that God weeps over our muchness and manyness. Let me say that again. God weeps over our muchness and manyness. He talks about how how God longs for our presence to meet with us. You know, there is always an invitation, an invitation to you and to me from God, from our creator. He desires friendship with us and intimacy and fellowship and acceptance. You know, I believe our false perceptions of prayer and our priorities trips us up and it gets us in the way of even attempting to pray. I want to read from the book. uh, It's called The Practicing of the Presence of God. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. But part of the book compiles letters or journal entries from Brother Lawrence He was a monk from the 17th century who was known for the practicing of holding God in his every thought, every minute of the day. That's pretty lofty. He says, he does not ask much of us, merely a thought of him from time to time, a little act of adoration, sometimes to ask for his grace, sometimes to offer him your sufferings, at other times to thank him for the graces past and present he has bestowed on you. In the midst of your troubles, to take solace in him as often as you can. Lift up your heart to him during your meals and in company. The least little remembrance will always be the most pleasing to him. One need not cry out very loudly. He is nearer to us than we think. You know, I think we sometimes think prayer is for the spiritually elite or the super anointed or maybe those who are gifted in prayer or who God has given a great passion for prayer. And sometimes I think we think it needs to look a particular way. We hear someone pray and we're like, wow, I could never pray like that. That it has to check all the boxes off, right? The, did you praise? Did you confess? Was there thanksgiving, right? We run these things through our head and we put this pressure on ourselves. We think there's a method to prayer. 
But the instruction is the same to us as it was the early church. We are to be devoted in prayer just as they were. To be devoted is to be set apart. To be devoted is to be in a habit of prayer that frequently draws you away from regular life and into a quiet, secret place with God. You know, if you have lofty expectation of of what is required in prayer, I hope that tonight you have a new perspective of prayer and of God and his expectations. So I want us to consider for tonight prayer as simply an active relationship with God. An active relationship with God. So being in an active relationship with someone includes the practices of all kinds of habits of communication by which the relationship is experienced. It's grown, it's deepened, maybe challenged. Sometimes active relationship means talking, doesn't it? But sometimes it means being silent and present. Sometimes it involves walking or listening to music or singing together. And sometimes it means just listening. God brought to mind a picture that will always remain in my mind. It was from a mission trip um, from 2014 to Brazil that I went with a VCDC team. And I know some of you here tonight were on that trip. Um, There was much that each of us received from God during that time. But I want to share with you one lesson that God really imprinted on my heart. Um, This mission trip was entirely on a boat, okay? So we would travel down the river, and frequently we would pull into a river community for the day. And so there would be all kinds of activity that would, would happen during the day with the community, and then we would invite them to a church service at night. And so when we would arrive, typically the younger people and, you know, the kids in the younger community would eagerly greet us because they knew when we came that we were bringing things for them. And so they would um, typically, you know, come up and we would have balloons that we would blow up. I think we had so many balloons on that, that trip. We may have gone home with some extras, but there was face painting and there was lots of soccer. Uh, in particular, a lot of the VCDC guys loved soccer, so they were always playing soccer. But any, anything you could do that was fun without actually talking, because we didn't speak Portuguese, so it was very difficult to communicate. So there was one village where there was lots of activity going on that day, and there was a major soccer game going on, and I'm pretty sure the older VCDC men, I think there's a few of them out there, (laughs) were trying to bring it on the field. So it was just lots of fun and a beautiful day. And I look over and I see my friend, I don't think she's here tonight, Joanne McCann, sitting with what we found out later was the matriarch of this community. And she was just sitting there There was no real interaction going on. They weren't talking. They couldn't communicate. Maybe laughing at the soccer, you know, that was being played and and just how silly everyone was being. Or, Or maybe they would just look at each other and smile. And I remember sitting there and thinking, wow, how beautiful is this picture that Joanne has just decided to be present with this woman? There's such power, and there was such love being exchanged 
just by sitting in silence. I think this is what God really desires of us, just to sit with him, just to be present with him. It makes that, that what Brother Lawrence was attempting to do was just to keep God on his mind throughout the day, to know that God was alive and present and active in his life in the everyday mundane things that we do. You know, I can't imagine how much noise and busyness Jesus had during his ministry here on earth. The people who loved him and followed him could not get enough of him, and even the ones who hated him were with him constantly, listening, trying to trip him up, asking questions. He must have been completely overwhelmed. But in these verses, we're gonna put up four different verses here. You can read, I've highlighted, he would still make it a priority to retreat to a quiet place to spend time in the presence of his father. Jim, you can put them up. I'm not going to read them. These are just a handful of verses, how he always went off and he prayed alone in solitude. You know, the Greek word for prayer in each of these verses that we're looking at here, it's prosekamaya, and it means to pray toward, facing, or before. A fuller description of the word is used of prayer addressed to God, emphasizing the direct approach of the one who prays in seeking God's face and is a means to speak consciously with or without vocalization to God with a definite aim. I love that. It is one seeking God's face with or without speaking. So tonight, we're going to practice on our own a prayer method, I'm gonna lead you through it, that is doing really just that. It's called the prayer of examine. You'll hear it called the daily examine, the examine, all different types of uh, names. But the prayer of examine is based on a 500-year-old prayer developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it guides you through a prayerful reflection of your day, inviting God into your experiences. And there are many adapted versions of the exam available, and there are even phone apps. So we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, But tonight, I'm going to go through a pretty classical version. But there are very, very simplified versions of this that you can um, find online or in some of these resources that we're going to give you. But the idea is that while you're inviting the Holy Spirit, you reflect on your day through God's lens. You know, the Bible explains that we all have a sin nature, right? We all have it. We can't deny it. And I don't know about you, but I know I often hear or speak or respond to things out of my own flesh. It's definitely not motivated by God. So I know I need God's help to reflect on my day and see where my sin nature came out and to see where I was walking with God and I saw God present in my life. So we see in the scriptures, they teach us to invite God to be near to our souls and to search our souls. David expresses it well in two different Psalms that I'll mention. Psalm 26, he says, 
Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind, for your love is ever before me, and I walk continually in your truth. And in Psalm 25, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. In practicing the prayer of examine, it displays our belief that God is present all the time, and it also displays our need for him. You know, we are unable to change ourselves, aren't we? We can work really hard, and sometimes we make some temporary adjustments, but we really need the Holy Spirit, the presence of God active in our lives to reveal to us um, our need for change and then to give us that ability for transformation. Uh, transformation. We can't do that in ourselves. So I'm going to lead us through a prayer exercise. Uh, It's going to take maybe 10 minutes, but I'm going to encourage all of you and even the younger people in the room, this is something you can do. And just so maybe get comfortable. Um, If you have your phone beside you, I encourage you to put it away or turn it over, right? Anything that's distracting you, Um, And so I'm going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to invite the Lord. You're welcome to close your eyes during this time, and we'll walk through this, and I'll guide you through looking back on your day. So Lord, we gather tonight to worship you with all our heart and all of our minds. Would you continue to bless us with your presence Would you awaken us to the movement of your spirit here in this room and here in our hearts and in our lives? We give you this time, Jesus. So I want you to take a deep breath. Just slowly breathe in and release it. And as you release it, just think about getting rid of any distraction or any stress you're feeling right now, just let it go. Just continue to relax and don't empty your mind, but invite the Holy Spirit. Look for God right now. We say, come Holy Spirit. If it helps you to open your hands or to just move into a different position or if you want to sit on the floor, whatever you want to do, just Relax and continue to breathe in and out. Just in step with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Now you may sense or feel his presence. Maybe you're feeling a warmth or maybe just heaviness being lifted. Just soak it in and savor it. God rejoices when we come to him. I want you to look back on your day from the time you awoke this morning until now. Just kind of reflect back on it. Think about what you did, where you went, who you interacted with. And I want you to ask yourself, what was the best thing of your day? It could be something really significant or something very small. But what was the best thing that happened today? 
And maybe you recall one or two things. Whatever that is, just remember that moment and just thank God for it. Just thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Now ask the Holy Spirit to guide your memory as you look back over your day. Jesus promised that the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth. God, would you guide our thoughts as we look back to see them through your lens? So I want you to start from the time you woke up Don't try to recall every minute, of course, but try to just rely on the Holy Spirit to enlighten your memory. Consider the places you went, the people you were with, the things that you did. So ask, was it a good day or was it a bad day? Was it a typical day or something unusual? Who were the people you interacted with? Or maybe just people you noticed. And then ask, was there anything significant about that? I want you to look for one significant experience of your day. And as you find that, I want you to consider your response to it. And what I mean by that is think about your mood, maybe feelings or emotions you experienced from it, maybe reactions you had or thoughts that passed through your mind. Were those stirrings and thoughts that you experienced from God? So things that might look like increased hope or peace. Maybe you experienced sorrow for sin. Maybe there was trust or joy. Those are movements toward God. We call those consolations. So did you experience consolations? Now, as you still consider that, on the other hand, if they weren't, are there things that you experienced not from God? Did you experience maybe unrest? Maybe a lack of faith, hope, or love? Maybe insecurity? Lack of confidence, heaviness, anxiousness? We call these desolations, and they're things that lead you away from God. And you know, as you reflect on your reactions, don't beat yourself up, just notice them. I always like to ask myself, when did I feel most alive today? Or maybe when was I cooperating or walking with God? 
And then I like to consider, when did I feel out of tune or out of step with God? Now, if you experienced that spiritual desolation where you were um, just not moving with God and toward him, I just encourage you to cling to his unconditional love right now, that he cares for you and he loves you regardless. He is faithful even when we aren't. When have you chosen distance over closeness with God today? Maybe you were preoccupied with yourself today and dismissed the needs of others. Wherever you experience desolation, ask God to reveal the root of it and is he asking for any resolve? Is there anything right now that you want to ask forgiveness for? And if there is, just make that exchange with God. Give it to him. And in that, receive God's forgiveness. Receive his healing with confidence. And you know what? If you experienced spiritual consolation today where you were walking in step with him, and I just encourage you to just really receive that blessing and just thank him for it. So as we get ready to finish, I want you to look forward to tomorrow. It's always good to ask for God, for things that you need for tomorrow. So what can I learn from these experiences and my reactions to them? How does God want me to respond? So what is one thing that you can ask him for right now to strengthen you for tomorrow? Whatever that is, just ask him for it. And then pray for grace. All right, you may open your eyes if they're closed, and if you fell asleep, try to wake up. (laughs) Some people say that when they have trouble sleeping, they just do this. There's some audio apps where you can actually listen to it, so um, that's always kind of fun. But So we just walked through the five steps of the prayer model, and that was a little bit more of a classic version. There are so many different versions of it, um, and there's very simple versions. I, I like one where I just ask, what was I grateful for today? And then I ask, what was something that I just am really least grateful for And then just to make those exchanges with the Lord and ask for his help for the next day. And these are things that as families, even with young children, those are questions you can ask. What made you sad today? What made you happy today? What did you like about your day? What made you, you know, discouraged or, you know, 
Just ask those questions and then teaching them to take that to God and pray for his help for the next day. So some of the benefits of doing this, it just brings great closeness with God. It gives you that moment to just sit there and just let everything fall off and to bring it to God through his perspective. That experience of seeing it through God's eyes is so important for us because I know in my flesh, I don't see it the way God always sees it. So it stirs praise in us. It helps us to recognize um, maybe where we weren't walking with God or we were walking in sin and where we need to ask for forgiveness. It just brings insight to things. What's under the surface of why I am feeling so yucky today? What is going on, Lord? And it brings discernment. I always encourage people, I had someone recently who was just asking for prayer for a big decision they needed to make. I said, take it before the Lord and ask the Lord and sit with him. And he just is so faithful to show up to do that. So it helps us to grow in knowledge of God's presence and actions in our daily life. And it helps us grow in our self-knowledge, right? So we start to begin when we do this, we'll notice patterns in our life. And things that we know, I need to take that before the Lord and ask for his help in it. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Uh, And as you come up, I just want to share with you, um, ironically, so I've been doing this Lent devotional. I usually pick one that I'm going to focus on during Lent. And um, I've been reading this uh, Henry Nouwen devotional. And it has scripture, and it has a prayer, and it has a devotional with it. And ironically, um, today's devotional I thought was very appropriate um, for what we're talking about tonight. So I want to share with you. I'm going to read from John 15, and then I want to read the devotional itself. It's pretty brief. So John 15, 1 through 5. So Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit because without me, you can do nothing. So the devotional was called A Call to Intimacy. And it says Jesus describes the intimacy that he offers as the connectedness between the vine and its branches. I long to be grafted onto Jesus as a branch unto the vine so that all my life comes from the vine. In communion with Jesus, the vine, my little life can grow and bear fruit. I know it, but I do not live it. Somehow I keep living as if there are other sources of life that I must explore outside of Jesus. But Jesus keeps saying, come back to me. Give me all your burdens, all your worries, fears, and anxieties. Trust that with me, you will find rest. Seems very fitting for tonight. 
So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to do one more worship song, and then I'll come back out and we'll close in prayer. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.